ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again, it's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhunt, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. So I don't know about all of you, but I grew up with a pretty quote unquote perfect mom. So my mom woke up before any of us. She made all of our lunches, including my dad's lunch, even though he came home for lunch every day and was home alone and could have cooked his own lunch or made his own tuna fish sandwich. But no, she made his lunch every day. So it was there for him when he got back. She went to work full time all day, every day. She not only was a professor at a college, but she ran the math department. She also was one of the first teachers who was creating online curriculum and then went to all these conferences and spoke about how to do that. She always had homemade dinner on the table. She ran a marathon. She participated with my dad in taking Hebrew lessons every single week. She never forgot a birthday, always remembered cards, and pretty much was and still is perfect. Mom, I love you. But I seriously do not know how she did it all. What I know is that when I got married the first time, I tried to be her. I tried to emulate her life. I tried to wake up early every morning and take care of my husband and be the one who did all the cooking, all the laundry, all the everything. Even though I worked full time, I thought that that's what I was supposed to do. And then I remember one night I was making spaghetti and I'm stirring the sauce and the ground beef and the whole tomato can, everything from scratch, right? It had to be like tomato paste and the whole thing. I couldn't use like a prego or anything. I'm making the spaghetti sauce and I'm eating raisins and drinking a glass of wine. And I'm watching my husband in the living room watch TV. And I become enraged. He's just minding his own business watching TV. And I'm stuffing these raisins one at a time and then a handful at a time in my face, pouring more wine, getting so furious with him just watching TV. Well, I had worked all day too, I had done everything, but here I was taking care of him and us that I took the box of raisins over to him. I took a clump of those raisins in my hand and I throw them at him. And he's like, what the? The thing is, I was kind of a raisin abuser, but I was trying so hard to be my mom. I was trying so hard to be everything. And that's just not possible. Now that I'm an adult and I talk to my mom, I don't even think it was possible for her. And so many of you out there are moms, and I hand it to you because it, uh, you have the hardest job in the whole world and the most important. And yet here we are with very little, if not no tools other than our intuition, which is probably the most important tool, on how to be a mom that is, as my friend and colleague Sarah Dean says, is shameless in that you are going after your dreams. You are doing everything we talk about on the Purpose Girl podcast. You are actually out there creating a life and a legacy that you love. And even though that means that sometimes you're going to have to say no to your family and to your kids. And my guest today 
is out there doing that. And she is running what she calls the Shameless Mom Academy. She has a podcast that has more than 277 episodes. You all have to listen to her. She reaches 140 countries, more than 900,000 downloads. She's almost at a million downloads. And she's all about, she's the creator and host of the Shameless Mom Academy podcast. And it's top rated. And she had her own identity crisis following the birth of her son. And so she has a background in psychology and health and wellness and had to rebuild her own identity one step at a time. Today, she motivates and inspires women to stop shrinking and to start growing. And so she's on a mission to inspire women and moms in particular to live bigger, bolder, braver, hashtag every damn day. So I am so excited to welcome Sarah to this podcast, to the Purpose Girl podcast, so that we can talk about how, how do you become a shameless mom, which is so important to our own happiness and well-being. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I have goosebumps. That was the most amazing introduction ever. Oh, well, I received that. Thank you for saying that. You know, it's so <laughs> I love a good story. I mean, like that was so much better than just reading a bio. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so interesting because you know, my listeners know I want to be a mom. You know, I've had two miscarriages and um, I am a bonus mom or a stepmom, but I met my stepson when he was a teenager and I I want this. Um, I want the experience of being a mom. And yet what I saw in my mom is pretty darn near impossible. And I don't think it's healthy. I actually think is more of what I would call a sacrificial mom. And then I read stories like yours and I meet people like you. And I think I really want to learn from people like you before I become a mom. And so I'm excited because this is for me personally and for all my listeners out there. So this is going to be great. So Sarah, you were on your way. I mean, you had, you built your own business. It was successful. It was big. And, you know, you had a total shift after becoming a mom. Can you tell us a little bit about your own story of how you became a shameless mom? Sure. So um, I relate to a little bit of your story about wanting to become a mom because we went through a lot of infertility stuff to get to where we are today. Um, Mm. And so in that two years leading up to getting pregnant um, and going through a lot of infertility treatment, I thought that I was building this life that would be like so perfect. And that as soon as this baby would come, I could just like put the baby in a certain little box, not in a, in a figurative box, not a literal (laughs) box. It's like he, that just maybe he go in this little box and like life would just go on and that didn't happen. Um, so I set up my business. I was a gym owner and I set up my business to run without me so that I could be home with my baby. And then my baby was born and he just screamed so much. And uh, nursing was the hardest thing I've ever done. I mean, it rem- that remains the case in my 42 years of life. Nursing is the hardest thing I've ever done. And I had a lot of milk supply issues. And so feeding my baby became really challenging. He almost became, he was like borderline failure to thrive at one point for a little while. Um, and everything about motherhood was so hard and so stressful and it was not this like sweet little dream of having my baby sleep in my arms while I answered emails. So, <laughs> which um, it's I, like you're inside my brain. That has been what I've been thinking. So. Right. I mean, that's what you think is going to happen. And I was like, I'll, he'll just take naps. Like I'll put him in the swing and turn on some music 
and he'll sleep for two hours and I'll do some work. And this, we'll just do this like a couple times a day and it'll be fine. Mm. And it was none of that. Like he literally took one nap ever in the swing mm. and, and that was it. And the swing was, the swing life was over. Right, right, right. <laughs> and real life set in, and this is, no one talks about this, right? I mean, it's no. like, I don't know why we're so afraid to to share the truth, but it's freaking hard. I mean, I don't know, yeah. but watching you and it friends, I mean, so it's so hard. Yeah. yeah. And the feedback that I got, so almost all of my girlfriends had had babies by the time I did. And all of them who were really close to me had already had babies. My sister had already had a baby. Everyone around me had babies or children that were like three to five years old. And so when I would reach out to them, they'd be like, oh, but it goes so fast and just enjoy the snuggles and it'll, you know, mm. it's going to go by in a flash. And I was like, I need to know what day this is going to be done. Like what day is he going <laughs> to stop streaming? Is it next Wednesday at four o'clock? Because mm-hmm. like, that's about as long as I've left him. Like I was just beside myself with how hard it was. And it really brought me to my knees and it made, it was completely overwhelming. And I didn't expect that. I didn't see that coming. And then because we'd gone through all this infertility stuff, I was like, I am supposed to be super grateful and I'm supposed to be loving every minute of this. And I'm not feeling super grateful and I'm not loving every minute. Of this. And so <laughs> thank you. For that was honesty. really hard. Yeah. And that was really hard too. Um, and I went through one of my really close friends had had stillborn twins about a year prior mm-hmm. and we ended up getting pregnant. She got pregnant again after the loss of her twins. We had babies five days apart and she was like, I will never complain about anything with my son because of the loss I've endured. And so I was like, Oh my gosh. I was like, I can't complain now. Like after she, like, <laughs> like, I'm right. an asshole if I complain. Right. Not, and she had, yeah. Oh, I know. And she had the easiest baby ever. And so I would, would be texting with her. And I'm like, this is so hard. And Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. And she was just like, I know it's hard, but like, it's fine. And then she had a really hard second baby uh, two years later. And she's like, I'm really sorry if I ever made you feel bad. <laughs> she's like, I didn't get that. Like babies are different. And she had a screamer the second time I had a screamer with my son and she's like, Oh my gosh, this is totally different. I was like, yeah, this kind of sucks. You're like, no, you get it. <laughs> right. Right. She was, I mean, she was very nice about it. She was never like talking no, down to me, but it was just funny. Those perspectives that she was very, you know, able to open, openly embrace this attitude of gratitude because of the trauma that she'd been through. And I had been through a, a trauma, not the same trauma, but the same similar thing, trying to get pregnant for so long and feeling like I should just be so happy and grateful. And I wasn't. Um, so that took me, I mean, that whole first year, I just kept waiting for life to quote unquote, go back to normal. And around the time my son turned one, I was like, okay, so it's not ever going back. And how do I move on from here? Um, wow. And this is so wise. I'm sorry to, I just want no, to pause here. This is really wise. There comes a moment of acceptance. I mean, what I'm hearing you say, mm-hmm. it's like a moment, you know, people will tell you surrender, you know, and it's like, there has to be a moment and it's like, screw you, you know, but there has to be a moment of kind of acceptance. This isn't going to change. Yeah. And so how yeah. do I change? Right. And that's so powerful. And I, I, we, we were in a parent group when our, when our, my son was from like two to six months old, every week we met with this group and they all had babies that were the same age. And it was an amazing experience because I got to be, it wasn't like my friends who were like, just enjoy the snuggles while they last. This was people who were like, this is all, this is really hard. Like we're all in it with you in real time. Um, but every week in that group, we would talk about our highs and lows for the week. And literally every single week, my low was that I was grieving my old life. And I would, mm. every week I'd show up and I'd be like, I'm still grieving my old life, still grieving. Mm. Like when, and I finally realized like I, I have to stop grieving my old life. And it, that around the time I sent her in one, 
I started being able to, being able to move forward a little bit and um, feeling like I could do little things to feel better every day and kind of I started to frame my story a little differently and it took me another two years to really build some structure around this new story I was building for myself. Mm. Um, so by the time my son was about three, I realized that I needed a place where, you know, I had built this whole business, my fitness business and my gym around helping women um, go through weight loss programs and weight loss transformation. And one of the things I realized after I became a mom was that I had built a business around helping women shrink. And mm -hmm. I had was trying to like climb my way back into a life where I could take up space and live in bigger ways in my life after becoming a mom. And I just felt this like inappropriate um, level of, it was this like relationship that was not working out for me to be serving women in the way that I was and teaching women how to shrink their physical bodies while I was really trying to figure out how to expand my space in the world was like not working anymore. So that inspired me to start the podcast and just start having conversations around motherhood and what I had been through and wow. kind of where I wanted to go with it. And I loved it. I started it off as a passion project. I started the Shameless Mom Academy and I just wanted to have conversations around helping, specifically around helping women live bigger, bolder, braver every damn day and also helping women take up space. Like I was not going to get on the show and be like, here's how you can lose 10 pounds in 10 days, even though that was what I was doing behind the scenes in my gym. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I eventually realized like I have to sell this business and I ended up mm -hmm. selling my gym. I was like, this is a great business for someone else to run. But this is not in it's not in alignment with my personal values anymore. Um, wow. and, so, and so that I is Sarah, that is incredible because to walk away from something that was successful, quote unquote, right? That other Oh yeah, I mean successful, I was, made money, yeah, had a reputation. And for you to realize, I mean, what a what a metaphor. I had this like vision or image as you were talking of you trying, like you said, to take up space, almost like you were looking at yourself in a mirror and you're right. this, what a metaphor of these women wanting to shrink, shrink and shrink their bodies while you wanted to expand. And what I'm hearing is you really wanted to go deeper with women too. Right. Definitely. Definitely. And I wanted to be having, and I did this to some extent with my community at the gym, I wanted to be having different kinds of conversations about that were way more powerful than like how to lose baby fat or how to lose belly fat mm -hmm. or how to like make your, how to lose cellulite and like mm -hmm. how, how to make your arms stop jiggling. Like I was like, I can't, like these are soul sucking conversations because every woman who's here asking these questions about shrinking their bodies is missing so much of their life because they're so consumed by this like lifelong chase of losing five pounds, 10 pounds, 30 pounds, whatever. And they're missing so much of their own life. And so um, I was just, I was like, I have to create a place to be having these conversations. Um, and, and I had built, I had my fitness business for 16 years. I had built a multiple six figure business and I was like, okay, like how do I, that's a lot to walk away from. And my, my husband was like, are you sure you want to do that? <laughs> are you crazy? Like, how does um, one make money from a podcast? 
You're like, I don't know what I'm going to So I was like, I got to figure it out. Like if, so, I, if, I, if I built it one time, I can build it again. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I did the same thing. I left, well, it was, I didn't have my own business, but I left a six figure corporate vice president job uh, and started over again. You know, and my dad said to me, that's the stupidest decision I've ever heard. I wasn't married at the time. And, you know, I, I feel like I was peeing my pants. I was so scared. Wow. You know, so how did you get the courage to do that? Because so many, so many of us out there, so many people, you know, dislike their jobs or just feel like it's not, it doesn't sound like you, you disliked it to, you got to a point where it was out of alignment for you and you just knew. So how did you garner the courage to actually do it? I think for me, um, I'm not like a big leap kind of a person, I'm like mm-hmm. small steps, and, mm-hmm. um, but, mm-hmm. but I think for me, a lot of my courage comes from curiosity and I've seen this, it's taken me a while to kind of be able to d- define this for myself, but I've seen it play out in different things I've gone through. And for me, when I want to do something courageous, I just get really curious about that thing. And so, I mean, I did that when we went through infertility and I did that when I started the podcast and I did that when I sold the gym and it all started with, I'm just going to find out a little bit more about this thing. I just want to learn a little bit more about it. Mm. I'm going to like go do some research on it. I'm going to go to a meeting related to something. And like literally (laughs) so many big things (laughs) in my life have started with me being like, I'm just going to like go talk to this expert about this and see what (laughs) happens. And I mean, when we started so when I decided that I maybe wanted to sell the gym someday, I met with a broker and I just kind of never stopped the conversation with her. And mm-hmm. so it started out, the conversation started out with like, I might want to sell my gym someday. Could you just tell me if I have a viable business to sell? Or, you know, like I had no idea. I was like, what, what would I get for this? Like maybe $3,000. I have no idea. So then we started looking at numbers. I was like, oh, I, I didn't know how you made these kinds of calculations to, um, to evaluate a business. And now I can see that it would like, I have something to sell. And she's like, you've built yourself a nice little business. And I was like, Oh, I guess <laughs> I have. Yes, I have. So Thank you. It really started with curiosity. Like I'm just going to meet that. with this woman and see what she says. And then she's like, well, you know, you sent me this information. So now that I had to send her like three years of tax returns or something. So she's like, well, now that we have this, I could have a listing up like by next week. And this was, I think at the beginning of November in 2016. And I remember being, she's like, yeah, we could have it up by like after think right after Thanksgiving. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> You're like, I I mean, like, not yet. I just, right. I was curious. like, well, I out. yeah, I was like, I was kind of thinking like maybe in a year or two. Mm-hmm. And she said, so then she said, well, these things can take time. So it might take a year. So it might be worth putting the listing up and just kind of seeing what kind of action happens, what kind of activity, mm. what kind of interest. And we can just take it from there. And so I was like, okay. And then I kept saying, but like, it can't happen too fast. I was like, this isn't happening like in three months. And so that's how it started. Like the listing went up right after Thanksgiving and I was very much not ready for this to happen. Um, and it ended up taking 18 months. And by the end of 18 months, I was like, dear God, anyone can have this business for free. Like I was so ready to be done. And I was so grateful that I just had taken like these few steps, like, let's just list it and see what happens because it ended up taking quite a while. And I was like, so be, if I had waited till I was ready, it would have been, <laughs> I would still be probably selling right, still it. Be it doing was, it. Yeah. Right. And so, it seems like you started your passion while in the old. Yeah. World. Yeah. So I started the podcast, um, a, in March of 2016. So I started the podcast, um, like nine months before 
putting okay. the gym on the market. So that also like starting the podcast was also like curiosity. Like I was listening to podcasts and thinking, huh, these are really interesting, really great. And then I realized I was listening to a lot of guys podcasts and I was like, I can tell better stories than that. <laughs> I can ask better interview questions than that. And I just had kind of fallen into listening to a few guys and they were really good, but I was like, they're not, and the, these people are not more educated or experienced or special than me. And I can do this too. So then I was like, let's just start this and see as like a passion project. Let's just see how this feels. Mm-hmm. And so I gave myself like six months, like just try it and see how it feels. You're not trying to make any money or anything. Just like test it out and see what it feels like and see if you like it. And so I did that. And I really, really liked it. <laughs> mm. I love this. This is so important. I feel like we just want to put like a picture frame around it for all of us to remember because you, you're talking about approaching, making a big life change using really simple, easy steps. You know, one is just getting curious and starting to ask questions, meet with somebody. You know, it's like anytime any one of us has a dream. I hear from so many people, client of mine who, you know, has a dream of writing a book. She's like, it's too big. It's too big. And it's like, well, do you know anyone, you know, who's written a book? Go ask them what, what their process was, you know, or, um, one of my clients wants to go back to law school because she's curious about being a judge. And she's like, oh, she wants to actually be a Supreme court judge. And she's like, but it's too big. And I'm like, well, why don't, let's go talk to some people who are lawyers or judges and find out their path. And, you know, one step. So one, I love this curiosity. And two is starting on the passion project, starting on what's Mm -hmm. exciting you and building that while you are in the other work. I always think about whatever your current job is, is the first investor in your next business or in your, you know, it's like, that's your first investor because they're paying you, you know, to do it. And something I want to go back to, it's incredible that you did that. And I love how it's working out for you. And as a fairly new podcaster, it's really inspiring. So thank you, Sarah, for leading the way. It's so huge. But for all the you're, moms, you're off to a very good start. I will oh, say. Well, thank you. I feel pretty good about it. Thank you. And thank you to all of you out there who are listening. You know, the, the thing is, and it's, it's interesting. It's like you said, you listen to podcasts and there was something kind of missing you know, in the voice out there. And what I felt like was missing in a voice out there is really about women's happiness and approaching it from understanding the science. And we know that women are twice as um, likely to be depressed as men. And that women today, um, according to a research study from the University of Pennsylvania, women today are actually less happy than women were 30 years ago. And it's interesting because we have more advantages, right? We have more opportunities and yet we're more miserable. And the women in that study were asked if they would want to switch places with the women from 30 years ago. And the answer was no, right? No one wants to go backwards. Right, um, right. Current politics aside, no one wants to go backwards. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll do that another show. But what's, what's happening there is this has to be so much of what you felt in your own story, right? You know, the losing yourself, the grief about kind of an old life, the not knowing how to say yes or say no. Um, and there are many reasons for that. And one of them though is losing identity. Yeah. So what does it mean to be a shameless mom? I think being a shameless mom means that you are unapologetic and gracious, but, and tenacious. Um, and you make time and space for yourself and not by means of asking for permission, but because you 
you might ask for help and support in that. You might ask a partner like, hey, can you watch the baby because I'm going to go for a run or I'm going to go meditate or whatever, but you're not asking for permission. It's not this apologetic like, do you mind if I could just for 20 minutes go mm. do this thing? Instead, it's like, hey, so remember when you golfed last weekend? That was great. So now I, this is what I need this week. And so it's having confidence around your needs and being vocal about your needs and taking radical responsibility for building a life that makes you happy and building a life that you would want to build for your child. Like we put all of this stuff into like building this dream life for your child. And I want to give my child all the things I didn't have, but what are you doing for yourself on the way? And if you're losing yourself along the way because you're being a a mommy martyr or because you're walking around with your busy badge on, like flaunting it, like I'm just so busy. I don't even have time for anyone. And whenever someone asks you how you're doing and you're just like, oh my God, it's just crazy. I'm just a hot mess. Like (laughs) if you're embracing that, that's your own doing. And that's not, that, that's an ego, your, your, your ego is getting in the way. You're not actually taking responsibility for building a life that you would build for your child or wish for your child to build. And so I think that, um, I mean, that is a lot of different components of being shameless. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so much there. I mean, I, I love, I love this idea of being a shameless mom and it's everything that I teach and preach. And I know how hard it is. You know, not even from the mom point of view, but to be unapologetic, you know, the world telling us that we're selfish if we actually say what we want or we actually put our needs first. So how do you actually go about becoming the confident, shameless, unapologetic, know yourself woman that you're talking about? So it takes a few different phases and a few different steps to walk into this. And I think you make a point that like, this is not just for moms and this context is not at all like living a shamelessly and living unapologetically is really what I would like to encourage all women to do, not just moms. And I think, and I think that I I actually get so much feedback from women who listen, who are like, so I I just have a dog, but (laughs) I listen to your podcast like very regularly Mm -hmm. because so much of what I talk about, like I'm not on my podcast talking about how to change diapers and like Mm -hmm. the most newest technology in like baby bottles. Um, So it really is, it's a lot, it's basically personal development for women and moms. And I think that this so whether you're in the mom category or not, I think that what's really important is that you are taking steps to build, to identify and build your self-worth every day. And mm. that takes the gift of space and grace, which means that you are giving yourself time and that you like, and when I say giving yourself time, I mean like when you get up in the morning, are you immediately reaching over and grabbing your phone and checking your emails at work? Or are you getting up and writing down a list of like 13 affirmations and then reading, you know, three pages out of some sort of personal development book? Like that's Mm. where it starts is doing these little things that are just a little bit of internal focus before so that you can be proactive about your day before you go into spaces where you might end up being reactive to your day. And I love that. And yeah, and that's, I mean, I talk about this a ton with my moms. Um, and with my listeners that you have to create those spaces for yourself. Like the world is not going to ever be like, here, I'm going to give you 15 minutes to just do nothing and intern and and reflect on what's going on inside of you. Like you have to take responsibility for creating that time in that space. And so for me, that looks like getting up in the morning before my child gets up, before my husband gets up and sitting down with a cup of coffee and a journal. I am like so historically not a journaler and people would probably laugh if they saw my quote unquote version of journaling now. Um, But my current uh, 
version of journaling is like making lists. Like I'm, so it's not like a dear diary today, you know, (laughs) Um, it's very non-traditional, but it helps me get things out of my head and it helps me frame Mm. like, how do I want this day to look? What am I doing to build the life that I want? And so one of the things I'm doing right now is like every morning I get up and I write down 13 affirmations as if they've already happened. And so I am, um, I run a seven-figure business. I give $50,000 to charity every year. I have a seven-figure three-book deal with a major publisher. These are all, I have a vacation home on a lake where my husband can go fishing every morning. I write these things down every morning. And by the time I'm done writing those down, I'm like, oh, like, let's go own this freaking day. Oh my God, I love it. Yeah. It's so powerful. And two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, I would have like so rolled my eyes at this, Hmm. but it's what I have to do to get that sense of now I know where I'm going. Like every single day. So that place where I was when my child was zero to one and I was like, oh my God, how did I get here? And how do I get out of it? And how do I go back (sighs) now? I'm in a place where I can look at, oh my gosh, look at all the places I'm going. Mm. And I actually just redid my vision board this weekend. And I was, I was laughing because I was putting stuff on there and I was like, this is actually scary because like the things I put on here are actually going to happen. So I have to be really careful about what I choose. Like I can't just be careless about this. I have to pick really important things. Like I was literally like stealing images off of Google images. Like I have to get the right picture of Greece because Mm. I know the exact place that I want to take a picture from in Greece when I go to Greece for the first time. And so I was like going through Google images to get that picture. It took me like a whole entire day to do this. (laughs) I get it. And especially since you're bringing up Greece, since I literally just got back. I know, I know. And, and when I had that picture, right? The picture of the white buildings with the the dome blue roofs, you know, it's like, this is it. This was exactly on my vision board check. And yeah. it's so interesting that the whole idea of like that you would roll your eyes. I so get that, but the research actually supports it. So, you know, yes. research on visualization shows that when we visualize something as happening, we're telling our brain that it actually already has. And the research shows that there's an 88% overlap between what we visualize and what we actually see. Mm-hmm. And so it's an 88% overlap in the brain. And that's why the secret works if you do it appropriately, which is that you also take action, right? It's like, you can't just visualize it. You also have to start taking action. But I love this idea. You know, one of the things I I also talk about is how you start your day is how the rest of the day will go. And I noticed this in my own life. I'm so not perfect at this, right? Like, you know, I know that if I start my day just scrolling through Facebook and Instagram, I'm going to be like kind of on edge for the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. And yet, there's a part of my brain that just wants to do it, right? Yes. It's like it's like a addiction. It's like a little drug. Right. And those days, are, it's almost like going back to the stove and touching it because you forget how hot it is, as opposed to the days where you do take a few minutes. And we all can take a few minutes before everyone gets up, or we take a couple extra minutes in the bathroom when no one's bothering us. So I love this. And I love starting with affirmations. I'm going to do this tomorrow. I think this is so good. It's, and so, it's so helpful. It seems so helpful and is really about then in focusing, like you said, internally, getting clear on what you desire, what you want. And then it makes you feel like a badass and like a rock star, like we right. can go do this. Right. And so this whole idea of being unapologetic, what about the world telling us that we're selfish for putting ourselves first? What do you tell women about that? I think for me, it comes down to comparing how we have programmed, how men and women are programmed differently and how 
cultural, um, how we've culturally been programmed differently because it's not looked at as some, it's not, it's not perceived as selfish for a dad to golf for six hours on a Saturday. Totally. It's not perceived as selfish for a dad to go to work and then go to the gym on his way home from work and not get home till seven o'clock. It's not perceived as selfish if a husband has like three business, three business meetings during dinner in the middle of the work week. Um, so these are all things where there's these cultural standards around what a mom should do versus what a dad should do or what's selfish for a mom versus a dad. No one ever says like, I can't remember who was just talking to me about this, but someone was just saying um, that she and her husband both travel for work. And she's like, you know, everyone always asks me like, how do you do it? How do you fit it all in? How do you stay on top of it? And she's like, no one has ever once asked my husband who also travels for work. Mm. Oh my gosh, man, how do you do it? Dude, like, how do you, <laughs> how do you keep track of it with all the kids and everything? They just assume he's like out being the breadwinner and that's just completely socially and, and culturally appropriate and acceptable that he's out doing that. And it's never questioned mm. that like how he juggles at all. And for a mom, it's constantly questioned like, wow, she's like, if you're, I watched her on Instagram and she had two work trips in the same week. Does she even love her kids? That's right. literally what we think. So, right. So I right. think that a lot of it is checking yourself when you have those snap judgments about other people, check yourself and see where they came, came from. Um, and then I also think it's around cultural reprogramming and being really confident in what you do. And if, and letting that attract the people are going to automatically be attracted into that and let that repel people too. Like there are people who are going to listen to my show and be like, uh, not for me. And other people are going to be like, she's completely speaking my language and that's okay. I'm okay with that because I know what my core values are. I know what I stand for. And once I got clear on that, I'm happy for anyone who wants to be along for the ride to come with me. And I'm also totally okay with people who want to sit back and judge me as being selfish or be too loud or too much of whatever, or that I talk too fast because I do talk very fast. <laughs> I love it. People, We're good here. Right. If anyone wants to judge me for that or feel turned off by that, that's totally fine. Like it's not, I'm not, I don't need to be the best fit for everyone. I don't need to be the right fit for everyone. Um, and so I think that that gives us a little more space to be selfish under like within our own parameters and just pre create those parameters as they feel best for us and for our families. Oh my goodness. I love this, Sarah, and I adore you. I mean, this is, it's so brilliant because you know, so many women, so many of us struggle with trying to please everybody, right? And make everybody happy and have everybody like us. And, you know, I know that that's how I spent the first maybe 30 years of my life. And occasionally it still comes up, right? I'm like, oh, do they like me? You know, and the recovery and people pleaser. Right, exactly. And then have to kind of like check myself and like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter that not everyone has to like us that, and it's a total mind shift, right? That we're not, right. we're not living this life so that when we get to be 80 or 90, we look back and say, you know, I, I never did what was really in my heart, but at least people said I was nice. You know, we're, that's right. not why we're here on earth, right? right? I mean, we're, we're here because there is the biggest expression of ourselves to live and we have to live it. Like that is, that is why we're here. So what do you recommend to a woman who is wanting, right? She's like feeling anxiety about everything she has to do. She has that busy badge. I love that, um, that she's wearing, but she wants to switch to this life. So how does she put the busy badge down? How does she alleviate the anxiety? So two things. Um, first of all, action alleviates anxiety. So 
if you are someone, like I've struggled with anxiety since I was eight years old. Um, and I can look back at like through some therapy, I've been able to look back and I identified <laughs> that that's when it started. Mm. And, um, when you feel for me, it's like a pit in my stomach that I often wake up with when I feel that anxiety. If I just sit with that, that pit will stay there and it will get mm. bigger and my mind will spin and I will feel out of control. As soon as I take action in any direction, it feels better. So whether that is sitting down and writing my affirmations, whether that is working, like I work out every morning for 20 to 30 minutes um, before I get my son ready for school. Mm. And so whatever action looks like for you, for most of us, um, it's also going to look like doing the hard thing that's hanging over your head first. We often are like, I'm going to do, I'm going to check my email and then I'm going to go make some food and then I'm going to go grocery shopping and then I'm going to like write thank you notes and clean my office. Like we're going to do 75 things that aren't really that necessary before we do like the one hard thing that's giving us the anxiety, mm. but action alleviates anxiety. So you have to take one step in the uncomfortable direction and that will alleviate the anxiety. And so getting comfortable taking those uncomfortable steps is huge for alleviating anxiety and also for creating confidence. Because if, as you start to see that every time you take uncomfortable action, that things can never go that wrong. Like usually things are going to go mostly right, right and you'll be so relieved. And every now and then something might not go right, something might go wrong, but it's all fixable. Like you can shift and pivot in almost every circumstance you can shift, pivot, reverse, like change it up, but at least you've started to create momentum, which allows you to get out of the space where you were feeling anxious and gets you out of the space of feeling powerless, feeling like now you can make a different decision if you need to. You can make a more powerful decision. You can make a more positive decision. And that shifts everything. And once you prove that to yourself a few times, you feel really unstoppable. You feel like with me, with the podcast, I was like, I can do this and it can completely fail. And then I'll just know that like, well, I kind of suck at podcasting. So I can check that off the list. <laughs> it wasn't like anything really awful that could have happened. Whereas right. other people might say, oh my God, what if I embarrass myself? I'm like, I've embarrassed myself a million times. Like that, whatever. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you feel really invincible in many ways. And that yeah, and changes everything. When you take the action, I mean, I sat on doing this podcast for two years because I was afraid I would embarrass myself because really what I was afraid is I would put it out there and nobody would like it, you know? And it was all like old middle school fears and all that kind of crap came up for me. And then, like you said, it was just one day and I know better. I know how action I I'm like you, I've had anxiety my whole life. My mom since says since I was three, Um, I don't know what a three-year-old gets anxious over, but um, that's what she says. And the idea, you know, all I had to do was sit down and I said, okay, what just today, I'm just going to buy the microphone. Just today, I'm going to speak into the microphone and practice. Just today, I'm going to listen to other people's intros and hear what they sound like. And it's amazing when you take action, how you start to just feel really awesome about yourself. And when you don't, you feel crappy about yourself. So it's almost like we think that doing nothing that we'll end up in the same place, but we won't end up in the same place. We actually end up worse because now we feel really awful about ourselves. So this is amazing. You have so many amazing tips, Sarah. I feel like everybody needs to find you. Um, and like we've been saying, whether you are a mom or not, whether you're a mom of a plant or a <laughs> dog or a cat or a stuffed animal, it does not matter because you can hear from everything Sarah says, like she's, you're spot on. I love these like easy tips, like just to put a p- few purpose power tips, a few kind of highlights on what we've been talking about. I mean, how action 
alleviates anxiety. Take a step, any step, and it will make you feel better. And the more steps you like, it builds momentum and then you'll end up having more confidence. Also the step, if there's something out there that you, you're just feeling like your current job, your current relationship, whatever it is, is not suiting you, then let's follow Sarah's example. This is so brilliant. Get curious, right? You don't have to take big leaps and quit your job tomorrow and leave your marriage and like move to Africa. Like just get curious, start asking questions, find somebody who's maybe doing it. That's your second purpose power tip today. And with that, get curious about the thing that has been on your heart and you can build that and start working on it while you do something else. And then the last purpose power tip, I mean, there's so many, but just to kind of put a highlight on it that I freaking love is 13 affirmations in the morning before you pick up your phone, before you take care of the dog or the plant or anybody else. (laughs) Dogs, plants, babies, they're all the same. They're all the same, right? Yeah. So I love this. Just the space for you in the morning and take that space wherever you can find it. Sarah, brilliant. So before um, we get to sharing more information about you and how everyone can find you in the Shameless Mom Academy, I like to do this little thing that I call purpose power play round. And it's just, I'm going to ask you a couple of quick questions and whatever's the first thing that comes to your mind. Are you up for this? I'm ready. All right. Okay. My favorite. (laughs) Okay. So in the last year, one of the best books you've read. Ooh, um, this is me by um, Chrissy Metz, who plays Chris. Uh, she plays Kate Pearson on oh. um, This Is Us. Oh my god, it's so I good. Haven't read it, but I love that show. It's so it's such a good book, and like I didn't see it. I was like, oh, I'm just kind of curious about her story. I didn't expect it to be like profoundly moving. Hmm. I, you know what? I bet that it is. I won't, I've heard her interviewed once, so I'm going to have to go get that book because I love her. I love the show. It's brilliant. Thank you. And in all the times I've asked this question, no one's answered that one. So here's my second question for you. Who inspires you, Sarah, and why? Oh, gosh. Um, so I'm going to say, I mean, so many people. Um, right now, Glennon Doyle is someone who I started following a, a few years ago, uh, but the way she is conscientious about her messaging and her mission just like mm. consistently blows me away. Mm-hmm. I, I love how she is, her values drive her work. Mm. Amen to that. If any of you have not followed Glennon Melton's work, is that the name she's going by? Uh, Glennon Doyle. Glennon Doyle. I apologize. If any of you are not following Glennon Doyle's work, uh, please do. Her book, Love Warrior, is incredible. And she really is so values-driven. I I was watching a Facebook Live of hers maybe like six months ago. And someone had said to her not to share her personal views, that Mm. she's going to lose, you know, all of her fans and followers. And she said, I don't care if I'm speaking to one person. Yeah. You know, I need to speak my truth. Yeah. I mean, most of her stuff is political now because she's like, so because she is so in tune with her core values and she's so not in line with what's currently happening in the world. So but it's fascinating to see how she, as she's a Christian woman who speaks out against a lot of things that Christianity stands for. It's fascinating to me. And she does it with grace. Uh, Amen. Me. Amen. Amen. And I, (laughs) A Christian woman who's married to a woman. She's just yes, breaking yes, like all it. the things. All the things. <laughs> it's like, I, which is so, I'm like, 
I sent my kid to Catholic school and it's a little bit of a struggle for me to have my kid in Catholic school and embrace Catholicism again in my life after being mm-hmm. raised that way. And I watch her and I'm like, oh, that's how it's done. Like mm-hmm. that's how you can live in two worlds. <laughs> so yeah, it's like how to integrate your world. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Incredible. Incredible. Well, Sarah, it has been such my honor and joy and pleasure to have you on the Purpose Girl podcast. Let's talk about how people can find you in the Shameless Mom Academy. Yes. So if whatever podcast app you use, um, if you have an iPhone, you have a podcast app built into your phone. It's a little purple button. And so um, you can just do a search in your podcast app for the Shameless Mom Academy and you'll see it in there. You can connect with me online at shamelessmom.com. And please, please, um, if any of this conversation has resonated with you, join our private Facebook group over at um, shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. I do Facebook lives every Wednesday, which is basically like a whole bonus podcast episode where mm. we have conversations about just struggles in our of women, whatever things moms in the community are talking about. Um, last week we talked about like, how do you know if you need to see a therapist? <laughs> and so we, oh, I love we get kind of deep in there. It's, yeah. it's an amazing place though. There's like, I don't know, 1300 moms or something in there. We have wow. lots of great conversations. So. Bravo. Yeah. Bravo. I mean, thank you for doing the work you're doing, Sarah. It's huge. It's thank you. It's so important. You know, um, something I'm working on right now is a new initiative called Women's Global Happiness Day. And it's one day where women around the world on six, you know, right now I've got 80 events happening in 19 countries and six continents. Um, and it's, it's one day to empower women to claim that they deserve their own happiness. And that's what you're doing. And so I'm just so grateful for the work you're doing. We need your voice. I need your voice because I love everything that you have to say. It's freaking brilliant. The feeling is mutual, sister. I I love what you're doing too. So I'm just, I so appreciate you having me and I'm so grateful for the work you're doing as well. Mm. I love, I'm so glad that we're connected. Me too. And just so all of you know, a little shout out, Sarah and I met at a networking event. So, you know, if any of you are, are thinking, how do you get connections out there? How do you just show up and start talking to the people and you will find your own connections and you'll find people that you, you want to talk with more and you want to know more. So as Sarah said, if you liked what you heard today and we hope that you did, please, please, please go over to the Shameless Mom Academy, show Sarah some love, go over to the Facebook group. I know that you will love it and get so, so, so much out of it. And also, if you love this podcast, then please rate this episode. Give us five stars, share a review, email me, karen at karenrockhine.com. Let me know what you think. I love, love, love hearing from you. I love getting your questions so I can do that at the next FAQ. And as always, you know, you can subscribe on any of the apps, iTunes, the purple button, et cetera, out there. <laughs> you can find out more at karenrockine.com or purposegirl.com. Make sure if you are not getting my newsletter, you're not getting your free living on purpose guide, make sure to sign up there. And of course, make sure that you follow me over on Instagram. You can follow Sarah. Sarah, what's your Instagram handle? Uh, the shameless mom or at shameless mom academy. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> <Stop and> think. <laughs> so make sure on Instagram, you follow me, Karen Rockind, you follow Sarah and on Facebook, of course, as well. And as always, may you live purposefully. May you love yourself and may you love life. Bye for now. 